0: Last week, we um, started talking about, uh, I, the title of my message was, It's About Time. And um, so I didn't really make it mandatory or anything like that, but I did ask or, or make a statement about challenging us to maybe take a couple days and uh, kind of track what we do during the day so we could evaluate. Did anybody do that? Anybody do that? You did, Rosie. So, what did you learn? <laughs> is this on? Um... Okay. Say it so everybody can hear you. That I need to be a good manager of my time and know what what is my first top priority, not just. Doing stuff without a plan. Okay, all right. Did y'all hear that? Anybody else take that challenge? No? All right. Well, it's not too late. It's something I think that is a good thing for us to do. Um, But we talked about a few things, and of course, because of time, I'm not gonna be able to do a lot of um, review. But I do want us to read Ephesians chapter 5, And we're going to look at verses 15 through 17. And I think I'll just go right to the Amplified Classic. So um, it says here in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17, look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. Make the very most of the time buying up each opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. So last week, we talked about evaluating, you know, taking time to analyze how we spend our time. Of course, you know, Matthew 6, 33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So we talked about that. We talked about not procrastinating because our time is limited. And so, um, like in Psalm 9112, it says, uh, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Um, then we um, also talked about how we needed to discover, if we didn't already know, and do God's will, to live with eternity in mind so the things that we do on this earth we need to remember that what we do here will we will be rewarded for when we get to heaven but if you don't do anything to get any reward then you won't get any rewards in heaven right so we want to live with eternity in mind and um one of the scriptures of that Matthew chapter 16, verse 27, Amplified says, for the Son of Man is going to come in the glory, majesty, splendor of his Father with his angels, and then he will render account and reward every man in accordance with what he has done. So there is a reward. Um, We discuss like five things that, are the will of God for every believer, to know God, to grow up, to touch lives, to serve needs, and to share Christ. Basically, it's the the Great Commission in Matthew 28, okay? Um, Today, we're gonna talk a little bit about overcommitment, but I need Karen to come up and give me a hand real quick. See if we can do this demonstration real quick. My little box of... Stuff. Okay, so we have, there's different things written on these bags, okay? So they represent different things that we do with our lives. So this one says volunteering outside of church, which is fine, Uh, shuttling kids to practices, meetings. You know, sometimes we have those meetings that really we don't want to, um, they're not the most. Productive meetings. Okay, let's see. Another thing we do. Now, some of these things are not bad things per se. Okay, so another thing we've got, checking emails, surfing the internet, social media. Okay, so we spend a lot of time doing that kind of stuff. Whoops, hold on. There we go. Okay, so she's got that going on. Okay, then we have toxic relationships, drop-in visitors, other people's crises. So that takes up our time. And you get it? Okay. Then we got procrastination, laziness, projects, work, hectic schedules. Let's put this one on the front. Because we let it run out of room, okay? Then we've got the phone, iPads, computers, Apple Watches. That's not going? Okay. All right. So, all that stuff, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff, but see all that stuff? Now, if you're doing all of that stuff, When do you have time for God? Spending time with God, Bible reading, attending church. Let's see, where can we put this one? This way? You can't even, is it going to go? Maybe. Maybe. Okay, so maybe, maybe we have room for that stuff. So are all of these things bad? No. No. You know, taking your kids to practice, that's not bad. I, I'm a firm believer in children being a part of sports and because it builds stuff in them. But you've gotta be mindful of your time. If they're going from practice to practice to practice to practice, that's a lot, okay? Okay, Karen, you can take all those off. Thank you so much. Give her a hand. Let's see if she can get out of it. Okay, I probably got to help her with these. All right. So that's what I call overcommitment. That sometimes we just overcommit ourselves. Now, have you guys ever heard of that saying that says that if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy? Um. You know, you think about that. Now, I didn't find a scripture that said that. (laughs) I didn't look too hard, but I didn't find a scripture. But that, that saying, that quote, really has a lot of truth to it. If he can get you busy doing stuff and your attention, your focus on so many other things, by the time you get to the end of your day, you're worn out. And you just don't have time or don't feel like praying or reading your Bible. And sometimes you get up in the morning and you're you're tired when you get up. And it's like, I'm just trying to get myself together so I can make it to work. So you don't take time to read your Bible, talk to the Father. You know, worship him. So it's so important that we consider what we're doing with our time. And like I said, some of those things that I named, they're not they're not necessarily bad, but they can be time-consuming. You know, we're supposed to have relationship. The Bible tells us we're supposed to, you know, have a relationship with one another. But toxic relationships or, you know, those relationships where you're giving everything and you're not getting nothing back, how much time do you want to spend with that person? I'm just being honest. Okay, so we all know the scripture, Philippians 4, 13, let's say it together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? So we take that and we kind of take that literally, like I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whatever I got to do, whatever I'm doing, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we say, you know, this is my faith declaration. I believe God. And there's truth to that, but we can't do everything. And a lot of people see it as I can do everything. We can't do everything. We were not built to do everything but we were built to do all things through Christ who strengthens us and those all things being the things that God called us to do. Absolutely, if God called you to do something, if God asked you to do something, if he asked you to serve, he has equipped you, he has anointed you to make it happen. And you can do all things through Christ, even when you don't feel like it. Even when it seems like, Lord, is this really what you want me to do? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So um, we have our limitations. We have time limitations. We have limited resources sometimes. We have limited strength. But, of course, we are, there's no doubt that we serve an unlimited God. But God did not create us to do it all. He created, uh, created us to do what he created us to do. So actually, when you um, have your focus right, it actually simplifies your life. When you know what you're supposed to do, you just do what you're supposed to do. And it, it's not all this pressure and you know, trying to work and, and, and trying to figure this all out. No, it simplifies your life if you can focus on what God told you to do. There are some things that I know I'm just not good at. And I'm not gonna spend my wheels trying to be good at something that I'm not good at. Okay? Now, mind you, there are times where I have to do something that, like, for instance, I'll give you, for instance, Karen, uh, who was just up here, Karen's my assistant. Karen is very crafty. I am not crafty, okay? So, but sometimes I have to help help Karen with the craft or whatever that she's doing. And uh, like, you know, for our children. And so I'm like, Lord, you know, I don't know how to do this stuff. And Karen knows I don't know how to do this stuff, (laughs) okay? But she's very patient with me. And, uh, you know, I can do a little something. And I'm okay with that but I'm not trying to be Karen. Karen is gifted to do that. I'm not gifted to do that, okay? My, actually, my daughters are very gifted to do that kind of stuff. They're very creative. They didn't get it from me. They got it from their dad, okay? So, but it's, it's easy for me to be okay with that because I know that's not what I'm good at. That's not my strength. I'll put it that way not my strength. So I won't waste time on that, all right? So if you're taking notes, write this down. I have just enough time to do God's will. I have just enough time to do God's will, okay? You know, Jesus is our greatest example. He did all that God called him to do, prophesied that he would do in three years. But he was focused. He knew what he was supposed to do, and he did not deviate from that. Even though they were trying to make him the king, they were trying to, you know, trying to get him to do stuff that, he's like, no, this is what I'm doing. You know, he told, remember he told Peter, when Peter was, when he was telling Peter that he was going to the cross, and Peter is like, No, Lord, no. And he, he said, Get behind me, Satan. This is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm going to stay focused on this and I'm going to accomplish it. And he did. Thank God he did. Because now we're all free. So being overcommitted is not defined simply by being energetic, purposefully zealous or excited about the things of God or about his grace in this life. In fact, we ought to to be all those things, right? We should be energetic, we should be purposeful, we should be uh, zealous, we should uh, be excited about the things of God. The danger comes when we do more than God has led us to do or something other than he has led us to do to do such that we harm ourselves and jeopardize our ability to live faithfully in holiness and for the long run. So zeal must be tempered with wisdom. There has to be balance. Amen. Cuz if you if you don't use wisdom, you know they use that word burnout. Well, Christians die out. They do. Because they're trying to do everything. And that wasn't what God called them to do. And so it can take a toll on you physically, mentally, emotionally. It will even take a toll on you serving. Because you'll begin to think, you know, not like it. And so we have to be careful about that. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says this. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. So the emphasis here is be steadfast, be immovable. So be steadfast in what God called you to do. Be immovable. Stand in your place. Be in your place. Amen? Now, and when I'm saying all these things, I'm not telling you you're not supposed to work and you're not supposed to volunteer. Y'all got that, right? I'm just talking about the over stuff, okay? So let me read this to you. Overcommitted people abound in activity, but not necessarily in the work of the Lord, according to how God wants them to spend their time. So in other words, overcommitted people, there's a lot of activity going on, but basically they're not doing nothing. They're not really storing up treasure in heaven because they're not doing what God told them to do. You know, I heard this story one time about this gentleman who um, got to heaven and uh You know, he was, you know, so, you know, this is not a true story. Okay. Um, He, but he had got to heaven and he was uh, talking to to Jesus and he was asking him um, about his reward. And so he was telling him about all these things that he had done, you know, in ministry and all that. And Jesus looked at him and said, but I called you to be an accountant. I didn't, I didn't call you to do all that other stuff. I wanted you to be an accountant so you could help the church that you were in so that they could have, you know, their finances would be in order. But he talked about all this long list of all these things that he had done and he considered himself doing for the church, but that wasn't what God had called him to do. God needed his, his, um, his talents and his giftings in this area over here. And really, he was in somebody else's place. So not only did he mess himself up, but he took away the opportunity for the right person to be doing what he was doing. So it's important that we know what God wants us to do, okay? Um, There is, um, let me see here. Got lots of notes. Okay, let me just read this. God's will is that we do the task he has given us to do, not more and not less. Our joy will be full as we do these things, and he will supply our needs accordingly. The one who walks in wisdom will find balance leading to steadfastness and immobility, which in turn enables us to endure. So let us not be overcommitted. Rather, let us be fully committed to what God has asked us to do. So not overly committed, but fully committed to what God has called us to do. So I got these things that I call the four D's and I'm not going to get through all of them. This may be another thing, but I'll tell you what they are. Okay, so one is drop, the second one is delay, the third one is delegate, and the fourth one is do. So the first one, drop, when you are thinking about your time, the things that you're doing, you want to ask yourself, will it really matter if I never do this? And if the answer is no, you need to drop that. Stop doing that. Because if, it if it's not going to matter, if it's not going to make a difference, why are you spending time on that? So, like, one thing I don't like, I don't like unproductive meetings. I don't particularly like meetings, but if I have to go to a meeting, I want it to be productive, okay? So if it's unproductive, I want to drop it. Um, how about those emails that we get? You know, like, you know, you get tons of emails, you can get tons of emails. You know, you can, uh, what do you say, unscribe those instead of just letting them keep coming into your box? So now you're wasting time because you got to go through them and delete them or whatever. Just stop them from coming all together. Drop it. Okay, so those are a couple of examples. Um, Delay. Ask, does this have to be done today? Not everything has to be done today. Sometimes, I've learned, sometimes it's better just to wait for a minute before I hop into something. Um. Sometimes we have to temporarily pause on a task or idea that doesn't need to be handled right away and schedule when you will have time to consider have the, and have the availability to, to deal with that. You know, sometimes you've got other things going, your greater yes or whatever is more important, you need to do that. And so if you stop to do something else that, you know, really isn't priority, It'd be better just to delay that and just wait. Um, sometimes, oh no, I better not say that. I won't say that. Um, let me say this. Uh, has somebody ever given you an idea and they want you to do it now? Now, you get, did you guys hear that? They want you to do it now. Now they have the idea and I'm like, well, you got the idea, you do it. <laughs> but if something—if it's something that I'm responsible for, then yes, I understand why they're coming to me. But it doesn't mean I have to do it right away. In fact, in Luke chapter 14, verse 27 through 28, New Living Translation says this, and if you do not, this is Jesus talking, and if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciples. So that's what Jesus was saying to um, to people. Did you hear that? If you don't carry your own cross and follow me. Then he says, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who will begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it. So sometimes when somebody has an idea, sometimes you have to just stop and, and, and consider that idea and say, okay, so what is it going to take to make this happen? Is it going to take time? Is it going to take people? What kind of resources? Um, You know, who's going to be impacted? So you have to count the costs. And it may be a good idea, may be a great idea, but it's better to do that up front than to get into something and you have to drop it. You know, like in the church, if we, if we do something here and then we just, you know, we start something and then all of a sudden you're like, well, what happened to that? I thought we were doing this or we did that or what happened? Maybe somebody didn't count the cost. And it could be maybe it just wasn't working too. But I'm just saying, you always want to stop and, and, and think, consider, plan. Um, don't let people rush you into stuff. You know, think of, um, you know, times when you, you uh, uh, sometimes a salesperson, and, you know, I, I have nothing against salespeople, so it's not that. Um, but sometimes, you know, people will, will want you to make a decision right now. That may not always be wise. All right. So, that's your delay. Okay, delegate. This is one of my favorite ones. Um, you can always ask yourself, who else can do this almost as well as I can, or just as well as I can? So, you want to invite other people to, to get involved in things. Sometimes, when, you know, we, like, for instance, I'm, I'm over the children's ministry, nursery through grade five. Um, so I'm always looking for people to, to get involved. But you know, when I'm making my schedule for Sunday morning, I don't put my name on everything. I delegate. I say, you can do that, that one can do that. And right, Mr. Henry, <laughs> we switch up. Sometimes I, you know, I push them out of their little comfort zone But if I try to do everything, that's not gonna work, that's gonna wear me out. Because I do a bunch of other stuff too besides children's ministry. So I have to be very mindful of the things that I do. And so like in these instances, I delegate, okay? Um, Remember Exodus, in Exodus chapter 18, when Jethro came to visit Moses, His father-in-law came to visit him, and he's like, man, what are you doing? You're wearing yourself out, and you're wearing these people out, because he was trying to do it all, but thank God Moses listened to him. You know, some people don't listen, (laughs) but Moses was literally from sunup to sundown, had a line of people waiting to talk to him to get direction from him, get wisdom from him, Now, you know, me and, you know, how sometimes my little thoughts, I was thinking to myself, Lord, if all those people were standing in line all that time, I can imagine some of the conversations that were going on. (laughs) I was like, ooh, I "I wonder how many were grumbling and complaining and, you know, just stuff going on. People gossiping. That was too long for those people to be in line, okay? Okay. But Jethro gave him some sound advice. He told me, he says, you know, put men over, you know, like I think it was tens and, and hundreds, you know, fifties and hundreds. So then you just take care of the big matters. But let them take care of everything else. Um, another example would be the, um, when the widows, they said the widows were being neglected. And so the apostles told them, they said, "Well, choose you, you know, seven men that were full of the Holy Ghost, you know, men of integrity, faithful men and all that. And let's put them over that group of people so that they could continue to study the word and pray and do what they were called to do. They weren't called to take care of the widows. They were called to preach the word but there were people that they could put in place to take care of that need. So the need was met and everybody was happy. With the situation with Moses, I'm sure when that change was made, it made such a difference. So delegating is not a bad thing, right? Okay. Oh, I might make it through. Let's see. Do. Ask. Is this what God has asked you to do? So we are to be productive. And then Colossians um, chapter 3, verse 23 through 24, New Living Translation says this, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. So we are to be productive, and we're, we're supposed to work as unto the Lord. So when we're serving here in the church, when we're on our jobs, we should see Jesus as the one that we're working for, right? We're working, we're doing this. We're not doing this for people. We're not doing this for um, people to pat us on the back and you know give us accolades and all that, no, we're we're working unto the Lord, and you know what? If people do stuff to because they're motivated because they want to be out in front, because they want to get glory, they you know they want to be seen and all that. I don't know if you're going to get a reward for that because your motivation isn't right. Our motivation should be to lift him up. Our motivation should be to make him look good. Our motivation should be to serve people. And it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us doing the will of God, right? So, um, now I said, you know, we are supposed to, to be productive. We're supposed to work. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse 10 says, in the New Living Translation, even while we were with you, we gave you this command those unwilling to work will not get to eat. So, you know, God wants you to work, you know, He wants you to be productive. All right. So, when I'm talking about these things, there is, as I said, there's balance. We, you know, we don't want to do stuff that we're not supposed to do, but we better do what we're supposed to do. Amen. Okay, all right. One last thing, and I am actually finished with my notes almost. Rest. This is an important aspect of this, rest. Let me read you just some scriptures about rest. Psalm 27, verse two. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his So, rising up early, retiring late, to eat the bread of painful labors, that's not what God wants for us. Okay? He says, he's given to you, he's blessing you even while you're sleeping. Okay, Ecclesiastes 4, 6 says, One handful of rest is better than two fistfuls full of labor and striving after the win, after win. One handful of rest, okay. Um, Matthew six thirty four. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Um, I just want to encourage you to, you know, when Jesus or when God in, uh, instituted the Sabbath, He really did mean for us to rest. Now. I don't get to rest on Sunday. Every now and then I get a nap in. But I have to find a day at least that I can rest. Actually, he says, we well, should labor for six days and on the seventh day rest. So my day off is on a Friday. And on that Friday, I do my best to rest. I protect my Friday. Because if I don't, I don't get any rest. Okay. So we're supposed to rest. We need to rest. It's healthy for us to rest. It's healthy for us not to be trying to do everything. We must do what God has called us to do. But in part of him calling us to do things, he's also he also wants us to rest as well. You get refreshed. You get rejuvenated. You know, when I don't get rest for a minute, I'm not a very nice person. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. I get irritable. All the filters, you know, that I normally have in place are gone. I just say what comes out of my mouth and what I think. And, that, you know, so I'm not really a good person to be around when I'm tired. So I learned to rest. I really do. It's important for us to do that. Praise God.